Welcome along to the official Scottish Rugby podcast this week. Well, I'm joined by Rachel Malcolm as always and Lana Skeldon, fresh from the success in Dubai, a roller coaster and a celebration on Saturday, and now back to reality and work and training. <laughs> uh, we'll get onto that in a moment or so, but just great to qualify for Rugby World Cup later on in the year down in New Zealand. 59 points to three win at the weekend over Colombia. You're at the international as well, Scotland versus France game. So we've got a wee bit to chat about. Head coach Brian Eason is going to join us as well, Rach, but uh, I'll start with you. Back to a bumpy reality this week, I believe, was it? <laughs> yeah, I was back teaching on uh, on Tuesday morning, which was all very bizarre, and then straight into to club training, and we got a bit of a beast in on Tuesday night, full, full contact 50 v 15, so I was all a bit confused. <laughs> I was still celebrating, and suddenly I was back at work and then getting knocked around the rugby pitch again, but no, it's, it's been... Oh, we had a, we've had a brilliant couple of days off the back of Friday night, so I can't complain too much. But yeah, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. And Lana, were you just taking it easy after the weekend, or have you uh, you're back down in Worcester as well, so back to normality? <laughs> I'm back in training on Tuesday night, much like Rachel. It's a pretty savage session, so a bit of a shock to the system after a, quite a nice weekend. So now nah, straight back into it. Most people saw the game. I certainly watched it on Friday afternoon, and you know not only the the result but in terms of the the performance Lana I said to Rachel on Saturday it was just so composed so controlled there was so much riding in that there'd been such a long build-up as we know and changes and unknowns so many different bits and pieces to deal with to be so composed and such a big game with so much riding it was what impressed me more than anything else did it feel like that in the field or did you just make it look really composed <laughs> no like it did feel like that on the pitch to be fair for me especially the set piece was just the best it's ever felt like it was just it wasn't easy but it was just it was just we just knew what we were doing everyone knew what they were doing and we're just in a really good place for it eh? how do you get to that point then what 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 clicks is it time together is it a shared focus because uh, I mean Columbia are known for their strength of physicality and great condition but your scrum was just utterly dominant I think it is just that time together you know like we've got a group now that's been together for the last like what two or three years or something and it's just you can tell it's starting to show in our performances and that and I think like I said everyone just knows what they're doing and we're really coming together well just at the right time. I think as well from like a a scrum point of view in particular like because we've now got a huge amount of depth in our front row compared to to where we were at probably a couple years ago. Lana can probably vouch for this slightly more (laughs) than I can because as a back row don't do as much as quite as much as what Lana does but you know the competition and training that we have like our scrum sessions are like very high energy like very competitive like properly going at it 8v8 so like I think that exposure compared to maybe before we were very much like having to still focus on the very technical aspects getting to that point but now we've kind of got the depth and players that we can we can really compete with in our scrum sessions so that's given us really good kind of prep towards matches. Well, your lives come quite a lot at training. <laughs> eight and eight, yeah. We do, yeah. <laughs> more, more than more than other teams, do you think? Is that a, is that a conscious decision or is it just? Uh... We actually do do a lot. I think we're all kind of on different calendars in terms yeah, of like the Scottish League and yeah, um, the club, the clubs down south and stuff like that. So everyone's exposures to things like scrums and and contact mm-hmm. is quite different at different periods in the season so we have always just used our camps to to make sure everyone has had that exposure so so we do tend to go kind of full go pretty much every camp so yeah we do we do do a lot of it it certainly paid off and lana there's um, all this talk about scrum what about that offload and the build up to the first try um, is, that, is that still just... allowed for the front row forward or what I well, back row at heart, isn't it? 
Lara's <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, got was... one of the best skill sets in the team. Oh, no, stop it. We're going back to this goal kicking sessions, Lana. You'll need to get exactly. Automatically, you think about front row, you think about the scrum, how dominant it was. But in terms of the, the ball carrying, the evasion, you know, across the, the front five, especially, it's set a, a really good platform, Lana. You've got your hands on the ball a lot. I know it's a part of the game you love and enjoy, but is that where you see you know strength of the national team going forward ahead of the World Cup later in the year? No, definitely. I think we've got like some really dynamic forwards that like they love to run with the ball, move the ball, like try and get into space. Like we're not the biggest, so like we've got to find the space. And I think that's kind of like what we like doing at the minute. I really enjoyed the game on Friday because mm. like I got plenty of touches of the ball and it just gave me a bit of confidence, like going into the Six Nations and stuff, just just throwing the ball a bit, you know what I mean? Well, that's an important thing. I know I know we'll kind of have a look when, when Brian comes on as well, but like it's only three weeks this weekend before England reach, isn't it? The opening game of the, the Six Nations, I think it's yeah. 26th of March. So, I mean, the focus shifts pretty quickly, but having that time together over the last two or three weeks, getting that, that result, the performance, it's all important in the lead up to the Six Nations as well. It is, yeah. I think it's... It's going to be a wee bit of a transition. Like obviously, we've been working towards where we've been in this cycle, I guess, in the build up to that. So this last wee while, I think there's been a bit of we don't want to change too much and and just keep to what's working. But I think over this next wee bit, it's now starting to push on and add some layers to different aspects of it. Like you say, like our scrum and our lineouts performing really well. So it's how do we take those to the next level? And the same with with the stuff that the backs do. I'm not really sure much about that, but you know, like it's, it's so like for me, it's the evolution of a team, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So now I think we've kind of like almost boxed that off, which we're obviously thrilled about, but that now allows us to kind of write, how do we now push on? And, and that's mm-hmm. what I'm really excited about for, for these Six Nations. I think most of us have gone back to club this week. So it's quite a good opportunity for us just to switch off, go back into another system, not think about Scotland for a little bit and, and all of that and and just have a bit of downtime almost. I mean, it's still rugby, but it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. different rugby. Then we're back in camp next weekend. So, you know, we've got two weeks kind of of Scotland free rugby um, and then we come back together next weekend and just switch the focus. And yeah, that for me, the, 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 I'm excited to now push on. And I think that's the mindset we're all kind of in is get back together and now see where we can take us. And just before we kind of look ahead to the weekend as a whole, on, on Friday night, Rach, as well, like I said, it was a controlled performance. Everybody would agree. It was clear that the game was won relatively early on in yeah. terms of your dominance, in terms of set piece of power. But what really struck me above all else was nobody jumped out of the system. Nobody tried to be a hero. Nobody tried to you know, take the opportunity against a, a team that were, you, you, were, you were dominating to play selfishly. Yeah. How proud of all that are you as, as a, the captain, obviously, but and Lana as well, that, 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 that's a disciplined team performance. Was that part of the focus or was it that just was the only focus? Routine? Or was it? That was, that was the only focus. Like, and that's like I said after the game how proud I was of us as a team because like, we knew if we got us right, we would win the game. Like, didn't know what we were necessarily going to be faced with because we don't know a huge amount, didn't know a huge amount about Columbia, but we're showing them as much respect as we would do any, t- any team we play. But the one thing that we did not stop talking about since like the second we came into camp to minute one of that that test was that we do not go away from systems just because we're faced with a slightly less structured defense or attack or whatever it is we stick to our systems and we stick to us and I think the way we did it from literally I said it after the game minute one to minute 80 Mm -hmm. although like it wasn't the toughest opposition we've ever played it was the most clinical performance we've ever had in terms of there were so few unforced errors there was some really impressive tries where we didn't try and go 
too early we we built the phases mm-hmm. and, and we kind of earned the right to go wide and things like that so no I, I was so proud of the girls and and like just sticking to task and keeping that focus like we said all week do you re- reiterate that on the field Lana or is it, or was the focus just so much on that it just became natural or are you saying at a time listen we're two or three tries up early we're playing well stick to the systems keep on it or is it just ingrained was that a conscious effort throughout the game not just before the game as well for like the leadership group anyway I think it's ingrained in us now that that's how we want to play the game is by sticking to our processes and what and what we're good at no matter who the opposition are but I think for me it's set piece wise I was just reiterating the same message every time we went to a scrum every time we went to a line out uh, me and Emma Wassa were just reiterating the same message just focusing on us and and yeah like I think it just becomes second nature to repeat those messages out to the whole team and is that the starting, well, not the starting point, because you're obviously developing the team and Rachel's spoken about evolving on and bringing other parts of the game, but that performance is a starting point, really, isn't it, for, for the, the bigger games that come up in the Six Nations and then obviously the World Cup towards the end of the year? Yeah, definitely. Like, I think we're just, like, on an upward trajectory from here and we're just going to keep pushing forward. I think as you, well, uh, like, get tested this next game, getting tested yeah. against um, the best team in the world, yeah. like, the on-form team in the world is going to be a really important step for us as well. Um, obviously, like I said, it wasn't necessarily the most kind of challenging opposition that, that we've ever played against mm-hmm. Colombia, but they were an extremely physical team and we dealt with that. But going one bigger and playing the best team in the world is one way to see where you really are at. So that's a challenge that, that we're really excited to, to go up against and keep pushing on. And it's a, a really good opportunity for us to learn. No, that's what I was going to say. I totally agree. And uh, Brian Eason's just joined us, head coach. Congratulations, Brian. Um, we're just uh, we're just reviewing Friday night's game, and we'll we'll get your thoughts uh, in a moment. But just we're saying, you know, it's a starting point. What you've achieved now, and the the discipline and performance, and the quality performance, and the focus on the what you can control as a team, not jumping out of system. You know, was excellent. And that's the kind of starting point going ahead. My, my next question I was going to be to Rachel, but she answered it before I. I asked it was just the next challenge is England. It's a much bigger challenge. How do you react to that challenge and, and being on such a high at the moment to coming up against the, the world's best team in, in three weeks' time? <laughs> well, that's a challenge. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it is a challenge. No, like it is a challenge. And it's, um, I think, I, I, I don't know what you, you guys were saying previously, but I think first things first is that. The, the challenge has got to stick to, to continue to stick to the systems that we had in place on Friday. I think for me as a as a coach looking into that, I think the most pleasing thing was that following the discussions that we'd had all week, following the dis- discussions that we'd had previously was all about how how professional we could be. And there's no reason why we can't stick to that professionalism going into England. Look, it's going to be tougher, there's no doubt about it. But I think where we where we've come from. I think we've won five out of the last six games, and you go into you go into any Six Nations game on the back of those wins. You you actually take a little bit of momentum with you, and like we all know that the game is based on momentum. Whether it's the game that you're playing in or whether you're going into that game with momentum, I think that I think we're all in a good place. I think that look, I've seen England. I've watched them closely. I've seen them again today. I watched them again yesterday. I think the, the most important thing is, is is winning your own ball, looking after your own ball, and making sure your sisters are in place defensively. So, look, it's a massive challenge, but it's a challenge that we we cannot wait for. It's something that I think Rachel and I and Lana probably all said it straight after the game on on Friday night was bring it on. Let's let's it's the next chapter. It's the next step now. So let's 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 go for it. You mentioned Friday night. Obviously, mentioned the game going through it. 
it's a bit of a whirlwind, Lana, wasn't it? Because you, you obviously end the bye Friday evening over there, and then 12 hours later, however many hours later, you're, you're at Murrayfield um, for, for the game against France. What was the process? I, I mean, did you go to bed? Did you get a chance to go to bed? Did you come straight to the airport and fly home? What, how did we see you as soon at BT Murrayfield? Well, I never went to sleep. I think about Rachel, but I never went to sleep. <laughs> I was there. I just couldn't get to sleep. I think my alarm had like an hour and a half on it. So I got maximum an hour and a half of sleep. And I think we, it, were, we were on the bus by four. 4 However, actually, this needs recorded. So we were on the bus yeah. by, some of us were on the bus by four, but Sarah Law, who no. is the most responsible human being you will ever uh-huh. met, on the bus at 4.20. No way. <laughs> yeah. Qualifying for the World Cup's changed her. She, <laughs> the bu- she almost missed the bus and almost she, missed the flight. So no one said that. Needs, she that will needs recording. That. Oh she will hate that. She's gonna she... actually absolutely hate that. I just said it as well. Yeah. Uh, so some of us were To be honest with you, it wasn't the World Cup. It wasn't the World Cup that changed her. It wasn't qualifying for the World Cup. It went over in Italy. Most we had a we had a kind of a little fun night where you had to dress up as your roommate and Sarah Law had to dress up as Emma Wassel, who's late for everything. So I think that's maybe what... Yeah, that's maybe what... She's just still in character, is she? Yeah. Uh, So it was, uh, what, alarm, Lana, 4am, well, 4.20 for some, onto the bus, and was it straight to Glasgow, along the M8, BT Murrayfield, I missed it as a pretty much a whirlwind, wasn't it? Take us through uh, kind of that experience or or getting the acclaim of the crowd as well, 70,000. Well, I had absolutely no idea it was happening, so I was pretty shocked. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> I got there and I was like, honestly, I was just amazed by it. Like, walk, like at halftime, walking in the pitch and just everyone, like, cheering us on and that was just... It was like I was dreaming, if I'm honest, but no, it was it was, it was was class. It was really yeah. good. And Rachel, you had the match ball presentation. I, like, can't even really believe that happened. You know, that's something I never, ever imagined doing in front of a, a sold-out BT money field. And like Lana says, the reception we got from the crowd, both um, during the match ball and, and going round at, at halftime was unbelievable. So, yeah, it was, a, like, honestly, probably the most mad 48 hours I've ever experienced in my life and probably will be for a very long time, but absolutely loved every second of it. Yeah, can we said right at the start, Brian, it was a uh, back down to earth with a bump, really. We, they both had contact training on Tuesday night and, and back to work. So it was a, uh, and that was part of it, not only the performance and the result and, and the buy, but actually the, the weekend as a whole, it just pretty much fell the place. We spoke on, on Saturday as well about looking ahead and, and it's important to look ahead, obviously, just touching the Six Nations, but the World Cup group is New Zealand, Australia and Wales, obviously, you know, you'll face Wales, you know Wales well, you have seen New Zealand and Australia, but this is a brilliant opportunity for, for you and the players to, to really test yourself against the best and in, in in, in such a big stage. Yeah, I think you're 100% right on that. I think, you know, it's been, a, it's been such a long process about talking about qualifying for World Cup. Now it's about being in a World Cup. So I think... What we have to do is we have to put everything, that qualifying process behind us now. It's about moving forward. And it's not about looking at, you know, well, we had to jump through this, we had to jump, we've done it. We've actually, we've done the hard stuff to get to that stage. Now we've got to kick on and, and look at not only just going to World Cup to enjoy it, that's that, which is a, of, of massive importance to everybody. You're going to New Zealand to World Cup. But we should be going to this World Cup to compete. I think you look at that group, it's exciting to, to play New Zealand and New Zealand is, is exciting for anybody. But Wales and Australia, as you say, they're teams that 
that we should be looking at really targeting and looking at getting to a quarterfinal of a World Cup. And, and that's what the planning will be getting, well, it has happened already. It's been a busy two or three days already. We've got a camp next weekend. We've got Six Nations, but it's all building up towards going to that World Cup to, to perform the best we can and, and get to a quarterfinal and see what happens after that. And Six Nations obviously up next. What else? I don't know if you, you will have be able to share plans or anything, but in terms of the, the kind of build-up to World Cup, will you spend a lot of time together? Will you try and get one or two other games and friendlies? Yeah. Um, or that's, is that still in the process of planning? No, we're in the process of planning. I've, I've had some some busy meetings over the last couple of days and to go and perform the best we can, we are going to spend some time together. We're going to have to have camps. We're going to have to play warm-up games. Um, you know, we're going to have to have some... Um, Summer tours. Summer tours, yeah. What do you fancy, Rachel? Yeah, fancy? I know exactly what Rachel fancy. We missed, out, we missed out on San Diego a couple of years ago. Look, I was promised San Diego. It never happened. I'm just saying. <laughs> but like, no, I'm joking, there, are, I'm joking. there are all these plans in place, and we have to, and we have to make sure that the, the planning process is to make sure that we perform to the best that we can, and and to to whoever we play, it will be based around. You know, playing because we're going to be playing against Southern Hemisphere teams. Um, you know, it's not something we've done before and for a long time. Um, we're going to be playing obviously Six Nations teams, which Six Nations is perfect for that over the next two or three weeks. But yeah, there's a lot of planning, there's a lot of uh, organisation to do, a lot of hoops to jump through as well. Um, but you know, look, looking at the group that we've had, as in the thirty that have just been in Dubai, looking at some of the players who were in in Italy who didn't make it to Dubai, it's a brilliant group of players, brilliant group of people who I know that will just want to get better and better to perform at a World Cup. And what better stage to do it? Now, obviously, you, you made it back from Dubai, and we spoke about the the acclaim from the crowd, at BT Murrayfield, and the on Saturday, but it was some some fixture, some performance by France. It's disappointing, obviously, to go down to six seventeen. but Rachel, start with you. I think there was elements, a lot of good elements from, from Scotland, but the overriding feeling for me was just how impressive France were. I thought they were absolutely brilliant. What was your take on it? Yeah, I, I would I would completely agree. Like They kind of suffocated Scotland in some ways, just in terms of didn't give them a chance to, to play. Um, around the breakdown they were extremely extremely physical and very very quick over ball so the kind of penalty count against Scotland was the biggest thing I would say particularly as, as the game progressed that they just they just couldn't play the rugby they wanted to play but France are just so dominant at the minute you know I don't think Scotland necessarily played badly but I think France's ability to manage the game is kind of second to none at the minute and that try just before half time and straight after half time really really was kind of killed any kind of momentum Scotland had. Yeah, it was sucker punch, wasn't it? Just those, those tries just before and after, just after we'd kind of missed a couple of opportunities as well. Lana, they, we spoke earlier on about ball handling and offloading and skills that you possess and, and, and showed in Friday night, but how impressed were you with, with some of the, the French offloading up front, the front five especially? It was just, just brilliant to watch, wasn't it? Aye, absolutely. Their, their little offloads that they put in just creates so much momentum and trying to defend against that's an absolute nightmare especially when there's so many options happening from like forwards and backs. Like I can't imagine what that must feel like to defend against. So yeah, what like it's awesome. Do, what, what, what do you do defensively? Because you have to, because the, the, the runner is so big and powerful, you have to set to be in a good position to make a dominant hit. And then the ball shifted. How does a team counteract that? Or how, how do you try and when you're up against that momentum, what do you do to try and stop it? You just got to try and slow the ball down as much as you can. Try and jam in, get on the ball, stop them, stop them making the offloads if you can. But it's, 
it's really hard but it's the, it's the timing of your assist as well if your yeah. assist comes in too late and they've got a chance to get their hands through and free then you you've not got a hope and you're on the back foot but and you've committed two defenders to where the ball isn't exactly so if you can time your assist to be in almost instantaneously with with the uh, first up tackler to stop them getting their hands free then that stops that but it's it's when you have one then another come in and they've got their hands through already you've t- like you say you've taken two out so it's just getting that balance but equally you come in too quickly as an assist and they get the ball away then so it's 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 so difficult a team like a team England women are they did it to us again last six nations that was something they did really well against us was was getting those offloads away and getting their hands free so yeah it's something we've looked at as a team as to how we counteract that. Brian you, you'll agree I assume I mean I thought we we did really well to get back into the game after falling behind to those two cracking tries. And then the period just before and just after half time of, of the swing of momentum, second half, pretty fierce win we were playing into. We had to try and force it. And it just played into that that French defensive discipline that they were they were so good at defending and then getting over the ball when when winning penalty. I just thought, it's a tough I just game, thought, tough second half, eh? Yeah, I just thought watching it live is probably watching the best team in the world. It yeah. was just unbelievable to watch. I thought, you know, the word that Rachel was just using in terms of defence was suffocating. It just, yeah. it makes it really, really difficult. I think it's a chicken and egg thing, isn't it? Because you don't want to, you don't want to give the ball away too much because you've, you know, the ball that you have got, they're really defending it. But the other thing is, is you, you, you can't, you've got to play in the right areas of the pitch. Mm-hmm. The problem is against France, if you kick poorly, you saw from the first try, the broken field runners that they have is, is just something else. But I thought defence Defensively, they were outstanding, but clearly under Gaultier and, and Sean Edwards have worked an awful lot in the transition. So their turnover stuff, the, the speed of movement, that that movement of ball from turnover was unbelievable. And it's just so difficult to play against. And um, I think you, you probably you, you probably look at one decision uh, out of the whole Six Nations, it's probably Wales's decision to get rid of Sean Edwards. I think it's probably yeah. the worst thing that they've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, to see France with the discipline that they've got. Galti obviously brings something, but to see France with now a defensive discipline side, that's a team that's going to be some team to beat in the World Cup next year. Do you think they'll um, win the Grand Slam? Two games left? You've got Wales and England? I do. I, I just can't see any, anybody beating them in the moment. I think discipline-wise, they've got so much better. I think they've now got, you know, they've got talent everywhere. Even if with a couple of injuries, you've got players that can come in. You look at the players that were missing at the weekend there as well. And it's just a phenomenal group. You know, look at Scrum, you look at set-piece, you look at their play from set-piece, you look at their play from turnovers, you look at the defensive, how they suffocate. They've now got a goal kicker who's who's, who's world-class. Mm-hmm. It's um, now they're pretty good all around the pitch. I mean, there were, were positive from, from a Scotland point of view, but the kind of the biggest, the headline one was Rory Dard's performance, wasn't it? And I know we all know Rory pretty well. Brian, you've worked with him from a young age. The most impressive thing, other than his utterly brilliant performance, is that he's delivered every time he's been asked. Like I remember, was he like 17? We played around the 20s and was a standout who's delivered in his first professional season, his European season, then internationally. I mean, I think you'll all agree he was... Uh, it was pretty something special, wasn't he? But it's almost, it's sometimes not a surprise because he, he's shown that at every level and every question has been asked. I don't think it is a surprise to any of us, I think, who, who, who we all know him. And I think you look at his body shape, right? you look how much that's changed, you look at the work he's put in, you look at any of the best players that we've had, I think it's about their, their work ethic and, and what they've got. I think every, I don't think I've ever seen him play a bad game, I'll be honest with you. Right. You look at, you know, potentially him playing with Hamish, you imagine, you imagine him, Hamish and Jamie Rich in the back row. Jeez, I don't fancy playing against that. But you know, there's he's just phenomenal. He's just you know, I thought he's 
first game at Murrayfield, his first turnover within a short space of time, first try, he was, I thought he was head and shoulder. Even, you know, you look at the way France played, I still think Rory could potentially be the best player on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, you're both nodding, but Rach is a back rower as well. You you can appreciate that performance, eh? Yeah, like I've said it so many times on the podcast over over the last kind of season watching him play, he really is like the full package as a back row. He's, he's so quick around the pitch. He's a brilliant ball carrier, like might touch on the fact he's not the biggest, but the way he carries the ball, he's so evasive. He gets through gaps he shouldn't get through, but also his breakdown work, like his tireless at the breakdown. He hits almost every breakdown he can and his turnover stats are kind of show that as well, but yeah, he's, he's just a full package for me. He's, he's electric and everything he does. And he, like Brian says, he really stout, stood out in, at the weekend. For you, Lana, anybody else, in your kind of assessment of the, of the game, would then jump out as a, a positive from the Scotland point of view? To be fair, I was just blown away by Darge. Like, I right. trained alongside him at the Borders Academy, and you will not meet a guy that will train harder than Darge. He's unbelievable in every aspect of his game and on field and off field like he's just like I say just works so hard so I'm not surprised that he's able to perform the way he is but it's just amazing and I'm just so proud to watch him go on the journey he's on and it's I know it's only the start but it's just so exciting to watch him difficult decisions I suppose and difficult sessions between now and and Italy for for the Scotland Scotland coaches it's always a challenge Burnley going to going to Italy but I think the performance in many ways was and it was certainly an improvement in Wales and it was probably an improvement on a lot of the performance against England as well. So there's there's positives to take there, but it's really important going to Italy that you need to get the confidence up, you need to get the accuracy up, you know, have a good good disciplined performance and, and get a victory away from home. I agree. I think, look, Italy, we all know that it's will target us. We all know that when you go to Rome, it's never, it's never an easy place to go. And on the back of... Um, you know, Italy will be happy that they're actually allowed to play with more than 12 men at the weekend. They'll be able to, you know, if they can play with 15 for the, the duration of it's under pressure. But look, I, I agree with you. I thought, you know, we even when we played England, albeit a brilliant game, we didn't play particularly well. And I, I did, I agree with you. I think our, the, the performance against France was was much better, but you're playing against the world, possibly the world's best team. I think you're right. It's about those small details about just getting set piece bang on, you know, scrum line it bang on, getting our details right in terms of where we play in the field. We don't want to play too deep against them. We want to, you know, play in the right areas. And then when we've got the ball, just be clinical. And you know what, you look at you look at the players we've got, you know, Duhan's making meters for fun again. Um, you know, we've got some real talent across that back division. And and as you say already said with with Darge and your guys like Hamish potentially coming back. I think we're in a, I think we're in a good place going to Rome, but it's never easy. Well, Brian, just you and I now. Thanks to uh, to Lana and Rachel. They're away. Uh, they've got a meeting scheduled. To, you're you've not been invited to, so it must nah, be about, be, must be one those, Scotland women, eh? Be one of those players' meetings that will <laughs> players' like, meetings. Yeah, when they talk oh, about me. <laughs> uh, nothing to worry about. Huge thanks again to, to Lana and of course Rachel as they uh, back to club stuff this weekend and then. And you see the TikTok Women's Six Nations kicks off Damhell Stadium 26th of March, Scotland versus England. So uh, the last out in the Damhell is against Japan. And it was, uh, uh, we often speak about how, how good a, a performance and how good a night that was in terms of, of atmosphere. And, and I'm sure the 26th, Brian, will be much the same. You'll be looking for as, as big a support as possible. Yeah, I think so. And I think, look, I think Dam Health has been a brilliant venue for, for the under-20s. It's been brilliant for um, for the Scotland women and obviously for, for Edinburgh rugby. And, you know, the experience that we got for the Japan game was exceptional. I think that that walk from the changing room to the ground is is a bit of a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great experience for, for the players. Um, a, lot of, a lot of supporters will stay and wait and you know, get a few autographs and things like that. It's brilliant to see. But on the back of 
the victories that the Scotland women have put in against Ireland and Spain, and then that victory against Colombia qualifying for the World Cup. It's the perfect opportunity to get yourself some tickets for the TikTok Six Nations Women's Championship and, and get down to damn health and support these, these women who des certainly deserve that support. Yeah, they, uh, you mentioned the under-20s. They came up short against France again on uh, on Friday night, and it was a, a big travelling support as well. Uh, you mentioned that walk from the changing rooms to the pitch, and there was a, a big French contingent. The roar went up as they came out, but similar to the opening two games where Scotland are staying in the fight, they really are matching physically, but um, ultimately just succumbed to something similar to the, the full fixture on the Saturday, just some brilliant offload and brilliant attack from deep from, from the French 20s. They're, a, they're playing a similar way to the national team. You can see it filtering through. So it was a, it was a, it was a tough night for, for our under-20s. But I watched it this morning. I was actually quite impressed with Scotland the 20s for, mm. for quite a while. And then it's just, as you say, it's just, they're just falling away a little bit. Again, looking at the French, just I was well impressed with just it's how... similar, wasn't it? Like offload, shifting the target, run dynamically. I mean, yeah. was, I mean they were down to 14 men early and then 13 men later on. But... It's a similar type of attack, isn't it? It is a similar type of attack, and 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 watching it, and it's a, you know we we in terms of the Scotland women team, we've talked an awful lot about that game line. Game line is so important, and just being able to run hard, and if you can really get on a soft shoulder and get offloads away, the defensively nowadays it's so so difficult. So I would now I was really impressed with France twenties. Um, I thought there was some real some real talent in that team, and as you say, I think it's filtering down from the national squad. They've clearly got the way they want to play. They clearly you know know exactly how they. Want Want to play and the players that they want to come through in their men's national team. So, um, but again, with the, with the, with our under twenties as well, there's some really good individuals, and you know it's positive to see the, these guys coming through. Um, well, good luck to all the national teams. That Six Nations takes a break this weekend. Um, back next weekend, obviously. But United Rugby Championship back Edinburgh play Connacht Friday night. A damn hell, fifth versus sixth on Friday night. So a big game for for Mike Blair and the Edinburgh side, like for like again, really in terms of Edinburgh one attack. Connett want to attack they play a very similar brand so that could be a few fireworks on I think so I've been really impressed with Edinburgh this season I've, I've been to the damn health two or three times I think we're going to try and head along on, on Friday night as well just to watch the game I'm really I really like the way that they're trying to play but I've always liked the way Connett have played as well and I, I was reading obviously um, Ireland have released two or three players to the Connett side I'm sure Scotland will be in the same position as well for, for the Edinburgh side and you know fifth versus sixth at the damn health Knowing the way the both teams play, I think there'll there'll be some good attack in rugby in there. But it's, it's a tough one because you know on the back of it is at Leinster and Ulster to then play on it. It's a you know it's a tough shift. Um, it is, uh, Edinburgh lost the last couple of Leinster away, Ulster, uh, Munster away. Sorry. Munster, sorry, yeah. Um, and Connacht won at home against the Stormers last weekend, so they're fresh off a, a win. And then Edinburgh then yeah, there's a week off, 18 to then a trip to South Africa. So it's a uh, it's an important game for Edinburgh to get right on Friday night. And then... I think so. And I think that the fact that, you know, although I watched the Leinster game and I watched the Munster game as well, and I think, you know, Edinburgh are attacking really well up until about the 22. They've, they've left quite a few a few points out there and I've been quite impressed. Again, just, you know, even in those difficult games to go to the RDS, to go to, to Tommen Park, you know, Michael would be disappointed just in some of the finishing, but, you know, they're, they're putting in good performances and it'll be a tough game for them on Friday night, but I, I see them getting a victory there on Friday. Not to bore too many people, but on that 22, or, or if you're attacking near the opposition goal line, near the 22, we quite often see kind of one-pass plays and it becomes a game of attrition. There's a balance to be had, isn't there? You've got to keep possession, you've got to try and wear down the opposition, but do you think teams get a wee bit too conservative or is it just all that the defence allows you to do that close to the opposition line? 
it's a tough one because you do want to keep the ball. You don't want that's the last place you want to lose ball. You've worked really hard to get to get up there. And it's about whether teams are looking for penalties in there, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um defensive. I I personally I'm not I'm not keen on the one pass players around the edge because that's where the defenses are so strong. I think you know you can if you can get a little bit of a, a little bit of movement right at the back of the pod. You know, work some little alfies across attacking kicks. I think you've seen more and more attacking kicks now. But yeah, it's just it's it's really attritional in there. And and I think that was that was the disappointing thing for me against Leinster was I just didn't think Edinburgh really put them to the sword within that that gold zone. Yeah, it's just about shifting the target, isn't it? Or just yeah. making it difficult for the defence to understand where the, the next attack's coming from. Easier said than done because defences are flying off the line. Um, you know, so close to their own goal line. But um, good luck to Edinburgh on, on Friday. And then uh, on Saturday, Glasgow travel to Scarlets. Glasgow sitting in third in the ERC uh, and a good run of form at the moment, consistency in the play. Um, I, I think we'll want to be we'll want to be more fluent in the play, but they've had two or three of the last games they've won, but they've been poor conditions, a lot of wind, a lot of rain. You know, they beat Munster at home in a, in a kind of terrible night. They beat Benetton at home in a terrible night. So they're they're in a good form and they travel to Scarlets who sit in 13th. So it's a, it should be a good opportunity for, for Danny and Glasgow to, to, to try and get a win on the road. Yeah, that Munster game in particular was a brilliant win. You know, I think you're right in terms of uh, the weather they've had against Munster and against Ben. And, you know, obviously they'll be going to the balmy Flanechley. You know, it's a beautiful <laughs> place to play. I bet they can't, you know, the sun cream on and stuff like that going to Flanechley. But, look, it's, 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 it'll be tough for them. But they are on a... They're maybe not playing that fluid rugby that we have recognised from Glasgow recently, but at the moment, at this moment in time, they don't care and they've got, you know, some good victories under their belt. And I can, again, it's with that momentum that they've got, I see them going to the Scarlets to get that, to get a victory on Saturday. Scarlets are quite difficult to preview or, or look for because they've done some brilliant stuff and they've got some brilliant attack, um, but they're a wee bit inconsistent. Dwayne Peel's head coach now, a reasonably young head coach. When they're good, they're, they're awesome. They're a real threat. But they seem to have maybe lost games where you would have, you would have thought they would have uh, they would have stuck in longer. So there's a threat there from Scarlet, absolutely. But um, I say hope Glasgow can pick up a win in the road. I think yeah, you're right in terms of the threat. I think with you know during the Six Nations probably about the best time to get. I mean they've got some really good players, but it's about I think the way because they're so inconsistent at the moment. You made a good point about a, you know a young coach. A, you know it's it's he'll, he'll want to put his stamp on it. Obviously an attacking style coach, but I think with Glasgow it's just having that patience to keep the ball for as long as for as long as possible. I think that's where Scarlets break them. You break them down a little bit. You keep the ball longer. They get frustrated. Uh, yeah, they do some good things, but they do some some silly things as well. And I think there's going to be too much firepower from, from Glasgow on Saturday. Good luck to, to both the sides. We'll have a, a look at them, uh, the results next week as well as we build up to the, the Scotland versus Italy game. So, Bernie, what's... Uh, you see, you were busy last weekend. What's what's happened this weekend? You said you might pop along to Edinburgh on, uh, on yeah, Friday night. And then is think, it, do you get a chance to get your feet up this weekend? Or not? Uh, I, I don't think I'll get my feet up. I think I've <laughs> list the long as long as my arm to get done in the house. Um, but no, I'll definitely be at downhill Friday night. And then you know, we're busy. We're this weekend will be the first weekend off in a long time. We're back in camp next weekend for the for the England game, and then that's us back into back into camp for the the TikTok Women's Six Nations. So it's a busy time, but. You know what? It's 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 pleasing when you're winning and you've qualified for all cup. So we'll be going to camp next weekend with smiles on our faces. Sounds good. Sounds good, mate. Oh well, have a good weekend. Uh, we'll touch base obviously throughout the the TikTok Six Nations. But uh, thanks for thanks for popping on, joining us this afternoon. Brilliant. Good to see you, Moss. All the best, thanks, buddy. Bonnet. 
Well, thanks once again to, to Brian Eason, head coach of Scotland Women, Lana Skeldon, of course, Rach, um, Rachel Malcolm, Scottish uh, women's captain. Great to hear their, uh, I suppose, their assessment of what happened in the bike. Huge congratulations to them once again. Good to assess the, the Scotland performance against France. Next week, we'll uh, build up to the travel to Rome. So uh, we'll welcome you back then. Thanks. <laughs>